What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. This is the ghost of Gilbert Gottfried. Who is this douchebag who left a one-star review? This pisses me off. No one does that to my friends. Only I can piss off my friends. Anyway, I want to say that if you leave a one-star review, you're going to have to face the wrath of the ghost. I'm going to double up ketchup packets and put them under your toilet seat. So when you sit down, you're going to think you blew out an anal gasket. I'm going to put cellophane over your toilet so you think when you pee, your legs are leaking. I'm going to do some crazy things. It's insane. No one messes with my friends. Only I mess with my friends. I am here to protect. I am the guardian, the ghost. I am here to protect Mark and Charity. Don't leave a one-star review. If you don't leave five, these things will happen in your house. I'll hide your underpants, because that's kind of my thing. I think Mark could understand that. Anyway, leave them alone. Five-star reviews only. Anyone who leaves a one-star review will get packed, ketchup packed under their fucking bye, 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 bye. toilet seat. They're going to get pee all over their le- it's, it's all going to happen. It's all I can say. Anyway, that's it. Goodbye. I 
absolutely love the Gil- ghost of Gilbert. So the ghost of Gilbert messaged me privately and said that he had left a voicemail and apologized for uh, some swear words, but he was very upset. The ghost is very upset. You don't want to upset a ghost, guys. Just saying. Once he said the underpants comment, it made oh my me God. Like, did I bring that up on the podcast? It's like, I must have. <laughs> I'm like, huh. No, he said he was going to hide all your underpants. Mark would understand. <laughs> I'm like, Mark, because hey. well, in one of his other calls, he said that. Oh, I so love it. So funny. I have actually done the cellophane joke. No, you haven't. I did. And I so I grew up in a family of five. So I have, you know, an older brother, a younger brother, and two younger sisters. So, like, I did it to the toilet, and I was like, I'm going to get my brother. And fortunately, my dad was the next person to use the bathroom. He did not find the fun in the cellophane toilet joke. No? Nope. That's weird. Did not go over well. That's strange. It was a bad day in the Beaudry household. Oh, I yeah. can assume. I could assume assume why because that's a little you know some. <sighs> sometimes you can't you can't be in that laughing mood when something like that happens to you. I mean, I think it's funny. I absolutely think it's funny. Do you know what else I think is funny? I'm starting this one this time. Our crime creeps. I love them. I, where, where where do we find crime creeps at? Wh- we find crime crime creeps on the case watch case watch crime creep Facebook private page that people can join. That's right, and it's free. Mm-hmm. All right, lead it off. I want to see what you got. So, anybody doesn't know, this is the best of the week. Of the week, actually, the best of the month, best best of the every other week. I don't know. Yeah, whenever we feel like it. No, we feel like I first. So, our friend Emily Hamill, who has been with us quite some time. Posted this. It said, my first day as crime scene investigator. Detective, how did this man drown? Me. He couldn't breathe underwater. Right. <laughs> thought that was great. Uh, Danelle said, they said, bring a dessert and a game to the party. She brought a cake. Oh, I love that, that says, one. Find the toenail. Yep. I love that. That is awesome. Now, we've seen this one a couple times. Michael Wilson posted, said, remember... When you bury a body, cover it with endangered plants so it's illegal to dig it yes. up. Yes. Follow me for more gardening tips. Vanessa Lee Fielding shared this. It's a picture, and it's a couple, couples eating pizza together, and then it says me, and it's a picture of a of a guy eating pizza with his cat. That would be you, Mark. I've seen your cat. You share ice cream with your cat. Yeah, she jumps up on my shoulder and licks the ice cream when I'm eating it. Yep. Walter Kopp shared, I think he twisted the wrong nut. So as a guy who's very handy, the worst and most dangerous thing that you can work on in a car is a strut because it's under pressure. And this guy apparently didn't get the memo and he used his legs to brace it while he unscrewed it. And then it shot him in the nutsack. <gasps> oh, I saw that. That's what happened. It shot him in his. It sure did. Oh, God. Maybe he uh, saw the post that Vanessa Lee Fielding posted that says, dispatch, I'm at the corner of oh. in your butt. You got to go check this out. These things are great. Melissa Leanne Yont. Hope I said that right. She's been with us for a long time, too. She posted this. I can't be the only person who sees a random bag of garbage on the side of the road and immediately think a cut up body. And it's a picture of a bag on the side of the road. I have thought that to myself when I'm driving by. So I hate to say it, but I have. Going to give a shout out to one of our other crime creeps. So... 
She just got married. <gasps> yes. Yay. Victoria, congratulations. Congratulations, Victoria. Do you know what I found out? What? She lives down the road from us. No. She's local. So, I knew she was from Massachusetts. Yeah. I was happened to like see, because we're Facebook friends. Yeah. I happened to see, like she posted a, a picture of her at uh, Foxborough. Wow. And I'm like, wait, I didn't realize that you were in Massachusetts and you were that close. And she's like, yeah, I'm not that far. That's awesome. Only the real people know where we live. Yes. <laughs> Walter Cop said, y'all meet Scream's big cousin. Holla. <laughs> There's a guy dressed up in a scream, uh, scream outfit that looks like me. Um, this one, people are going to have to go back and listen to uh, the last episode of Case Watch because Christopher with a K, our friend Christopher with a K, who's yep. also been with us since day one, wrote, attention all Walmart employees. I need a vomit cleaner in aisle seven. <laughs> I didn't get that one. What? Yeah. The weird history. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Christopher. Went you over need, my head. Christopher, uh, help me out here. <laughs> Michael Wilson posted a meme that says, Rocky Mountain oysters are a sack lunch. Let that one sink in and marinate. <laughs> oh, no. And then Michael Wilson also posted that. Oh, boy. I hope you feel better. He laid his Harley night train down last night. Which is a motorcycle. Oh. Um, oh, I saw that with his leg. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully your your night train and your leg are okay, sir. Oh, Let us know. This one's good. Tammy Roy. I think we have all had days like this. It's a picture of Edward Scissorhands on the toilet with his pants around his ankles. And it says, when someone asks me how my life is going, I'm just going to send them this picture. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't wipe his mom. <laughs> Ouchie. <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture. Vanessa Lee Fielding posted, this is the best of Disney art. Are you ready? Yep. Yes. I just, I actually just scrolled. But... So instead of Ariel, it's a hot dog bun with a hot dog. <laughs> with, I can't tell what are over the boobs, <laughs> but she has ketchup for the hair and lettuce for the bottom half. I like it. This one was cute. Lynette Borison Von Alman. Awesome name. By the way, do you ever look at your body and regret all the junk food you've yep. eaten? Then proceed to comfort yourself by eating more junk food. <laughs> Thought that was great. True story. Oh no, here we go, guys. Yesterday, we had to go for a ride somewhere, and then we were talking about eating healthy. We've been talking about eating healthy now for a couple of weeks. Yep. Just in the talk stage. Yep. So. I like ate way too much food and I was complaining about how like I didn't do good this weekend. Then I, I just look at Kristen and I said, do you want to go get a Sunday <laughs> to comfort yourself? Cause yeah. you, felt, you were feeling bad for yourself. She's like, yeah, actually I do. So then we like punched in the phone and we tried to find one and found one that's now like directly around the corner. Oh. Actually not far from where your house is way closer to your house than my house. And it was delicious. I know what you're talking. Which one you're talking about? And they also on the wall they got me in because it says two hot dogs. Oh yeah, two hot dogs. Oh yeah, bag of chips and a um basically a, like a milkshake for eight bucks. I'm like, I know where I'm going. I used to Monday. walk um my doggy down there and get him a little doggy. I'll have to I'll talk to you after because it, it I, I figured it would be too far for you to walk, but it's close. Oh enough God, to your house. no! I don't think we're thinking. I'm gonna hold on. Let's mute real quick. Okay. Okay, we're back from the pause. Apparently, that is the place she goes. <laughs> All right, guys, listen. Savannah Perkins. Hi, Savannah. What up? 
what up? She posted this picture and it's like a young man talking to a girl by their lockers. The girl says, I love astrology guy thinking of something to impress her. I am the Zodiac killer. <laughs> That's that is impressive. I would have thrown something about Uranus. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Vanessa posted, anyone else have problems with bears making drug deals in your backyard? It's a picture of two bears standing up like humans shaking hands <laughs> like it's great look at that that's i know it does look like a drug deal it does i absolutely love these <laughs> oh my god oh um ariel gallagher posted it's a, a video and it's this woman on the phone and it's like this mean voice if you actually listen to it and it's this guy's like i'm coming to get you and she's like really what are you wearing like yes this is it kind of goes with the like if you were caught, stuck in the car with uh, somebody kidnapped you, but they returned you two, yep. two hours later. Why? This would be why. She wouldn't shut oh, up. Yeah. Finally, the guy's like, I don't care. And he hung up on her. And she's like, we just started talking and you hung up on me. Wendy Durston posted, tent poles are not for dancing. Please find alternative ways to disappoint your father. <laughs> I love that. Right. And I do love, real quick, yep. everybody posting pictures of their crime kids. Oh, again. I love it, too. And doggies. Any animals you <sighs> have, guys. We love them all. Rod Rodell Morgart posted, fall in love with your bills, and maybe they'll leave you, too. Oh, right. <laughs> love that. Speak of the devil, just roll up through, and I'm going to probably pronounce your name wrong. Jandra has a cat named Snow, and she just turned five. And so adorable. cute. Oh. Brandy Williams Hudson, you guys are definitely my kind of people. As I scroll through Facebook and I see posts I find funny that most people I know wouldn't, I think I'll post it in the Crime Creep group until I notice that the post in the cri it, it, the post is from the Crime Creep group, which is awesome. It's a picture of a. I do the same thing. Yeah, it says I hope that is just a misspelling. It's a picture of like um, little mini donuts. It looks like. And it says, mini dog nuts. <laughs> Speak of the devil right here. Rodell posted, 63 Earths can fit inside Uranus. One day I'll be mature enough to <laughs> Never. read this without Never. laughing. <laughs> Never. Oh, my God. <laughs> Walter, <laughs> I want a bouncy house at my funeral, and I want to be in it. Too. When all my friends jump, my lifeless body will bounce with them. What fun! <laughs> right, and to cap it off, Chris Lynch posted one of a woman walking past a guy, basically exposing himself, and it says, "I would call the cops, but I can't see the reason." <laughs> his stomach is covering his belly. I mean, his his junk. His dingleberry. So it's just like a a nude torso in legs. Yeah. You can't see anything else, and his bum's covered by the, the jacket. Do you know that I said the old phrase? I'd be more offended by his nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, guys, you need to go look. The nose looks like what's being covered. I said the phrase to Kristen recently, porky pig in it, and she didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't about. either. You explained it to yeah. me. I had no idea. I still can't believe this. No. I look what? at her differently now. <laughs> Do you look at me differently, too? Yeah. I'm... I always look at you differently. <laughs> I don't know what, what did you to say think. to me before we recorded? You're like, you're so weird. I was like, oh, this you, is why we keep her weird. around. Yeah, this is why we keep her around. You are she's so weird. You are odd. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but you're odd in a good way. I am odd, Mark. I'm not. It's totally fine. I'm okay with it. Do you know what is not fine? What is 
when I get a case of an absolute douchebag sent to me, yep, I think we need to share it. Yes. So I have one right here. You do? Okay. Oh, this one is pretty gross. Okay. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Shannon Cox, not related to the unit. 48 of Boone County, Arkansas, allegedly claimed he was Jesus and Satan, and he got verbally abusive with his wife, Sandy Cox, also not the unit. Oh, Sandy. 30 before amputating his leg in front of their five-year-old daughter. Yes. Brace yourself. Grizzly details have emerged in the case of an Arkansas couple, and I said it right, people, not Arkansas's, Arkansas we're, couple. We're evolving, Mark. Yes. I will still never give up on Illinois, though. Who are both charged with first-degree felony endangerment of a minor? According to an affidavit filed by the Circuit Court of Boone County, Shannon Cox, 48, was arrested early last month after he used a chop saw to cut off his own leg in front of his five-year-old daughter after her mother, Sandy Cox, left her at home. All right, hold on a second. I don't know what a chop saw is. Can you explain it to me? A chop saw is basically like a miter saw. It's hooked up. It's like a saw blade that you pull down. Oh, so like put his leg in a device? Yes. Oh, my God. So gross. On Tuesday, August 2nd, Boone County Sheriff officers responded to reports of a man with an amputated leg when they found Cox lying naked in front of a residence with his leg missing. Oh, my God. He was airlifted to a nearby hospital. His wife, Sandy, was not home at the time, but told police that her husband was acting odd all day long, but he never touched her. And he was only being verbally abusive, according to the affidavit. All right, here's a question. Apparently, that's okay. Here's a question. So she left the five-year-old with him, even though he was acting weird all day? Yep, and verbally abusive. And she went off and left the five-year-old? Yep. All right, just wanted to clarify. Sandy said that he was telling her that he was Jesus Christ and that she needed to get right with the Lord. Sandy said that he then became violent towards her and said that he was Satan. I mean, right on the list of people I would leave my kid with. Just throwing that out there. Nothing to see here. Oh, my God. Leave the kid with them. He told Sandy that he was going to twist her head off and continue to make verbally th- verbal threats. And she was like, hey, just going to run to the grocery store. Bye. Sandy then left the residence around 8.15 p.m. because he was, quote unquote, she was, sorry, was scared Shannon would kill her. Okay, but you left your child? Yes. Why? And then she went to stay with a friend, leaving their daughter at home. Oh, my God. She's five. I'm sorry. I hear you. My God. When I asked Sandy why she didn't take her daughter with her, she said she was worried about Shannon killing her and wasn't worried about her daughter. Wow. Let that sink in, people. I'm going to read just read that one more time. Just for the people in the back of the room. When I asked Sandy why she didn't take her daughter with her, she said she was worried about Shannon killing her and wasn't worried about her daughter. What? So she thought yeah. the daughter would be safe with him. He wouldn't harm his daughter. He was only going to twist her head off. Yeah, but, I mean, he's saying he's Satan. He's Jesus Christ. 
What? Like, this makes zero sense to me. Yeah. So now your daughter is completely, you know, probably has PTSD from what she saw. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Their daughter, who was interviewed at a child advocacy center, confirmed she was present at the time oh her god. father amputated his leg. Oh my god. She still appeared to be in a state of shock, and it was recommended she undergo counseling before further attempts. And maybe evaluate the mother, too. I don't know. Oh, I hope they do a lot more than that. Shannon and Sandy have both been released on a $10,000 bond and are scheduled to return to court in mid-October. Oh, so they arrested Sandy as well? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Oh, they were both charged. For child endangerment? It was not immediately clear if the couple had engaged legal representation to comment on their behalf. Let's go ahead and throw out a couple numbers for you guys. If you suspect child abuse, call the Child Help National Child Abuse Hotline at 1-800-4-A-CHILD or 1-800-422-4453. If you are experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Let's remember, people, that this is not... A, a subject that we need to shy away from anymore in society. If right. you are in danger or your child's are in danger, there are people out there to help you. Let's just remember that this is unbelievable that this case is even like, oh, it makes me want to follow along and find out what's going to happen. Also, Mark, while you're reading off um, numbers that are important, uh, our crime creep, Zach, actually messaged me. There's a new uh, number, uh, 988. That's all you got to put in, 988. You could text it. You call it, and it's the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, which is very important, and it's 24 hours a day, and um, it's as simple as that. If you need help and you're feeling alone and you can't, you feel like you're in the in the worst yep. time of your life, you just dial 988 or you text 988. You can also text STRENGTH to the Crisis Text Hotline at awesome. 741-741. Awesome. Perfect. Good right. to get those numbers it out is. there because cases like that, unfortunately, nowadays, it makes you wonder, has stuff like this been going on all along and right. we didn't have the 24-hour news cycle and we didn't have social media, right. not everything was shared, or are we evolving a little bit as a society where stuff like this is just more commonplace now? I think it is not more commonplace. I think that it has always happened, but as we talk about in times of the past, you a lot of times don't talk about it. It's very embarrassing. You know, it's not talked about. Now we can talk about it. It's still embarrassing for people. It's still hard for people to leave or hard for people to get help or call a number. Oh, absolutely. But I think that it's it's more because it's more talked about. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that it's more talked about because hopefully people will realize, OK, we're not alone. We're, we're not living with this person or in this way alone. And there's things we can do to to help. Absolutely agree with every single part of what you just said. Let's take the stigma out of all of this. Let's also take the stigma out of mental health because yes. a lot of these crimes that we see, mental health plays a huge component a in huge it. huge component. Because people don't want to, quote unquote, label somebody they love right. as somebody with a mental health issue. Right. Well, at the same token, you may not want to do that, but you also might save people in the future. Right. And you're doing a, a disservice to your loved one if they're in need of help. You know, Absolutely. you gotta, you just, it's unfortunately, if you're witnessing some very bizarre behavior, you need to take notice. I agree 100%. Charity, what do you have to make me mad this week? Okay. This is a case and um, it is a case about a woman or girl 
named Mary Bell. And this is one that's been on my radar for quite some time. A couple people have sent her name to me. I had already wanted to look into this. It's Ready similar, for the big surprise? I have never heard of her. It's similar to a case. Well, we'll get into it. Now I'm excited. Yeah. So Mary Flora Bell was born in Newcastle, Upton, Tyne, North Northumberland. Northumberland. Northumberland, England. Yep. I think I did that okay. On May Kinda. On May 26, 1957. Her mother, Betty McCricket, was said to be a traveling Dude, prostitute. What a great Oh, what a great name. That's wow. a good that's a good Who's your prostitute? Betty, Betty McCricket. Betty McCricket here. That's a good porn name, actually. That really is. You couldn't even make yeah, that up. I like that. Mary was her first Would child. Would you like to Betty my McCricket? Would you like to Betty my McCricket? I like that. That's had, what she said. Had to. Yep. Mary, <laughs> Mary was her first child, and she was only 17 years old at the time of her daughter's birth. This is probably the reason um, her biological father is unknown. I'm wondering if Betty got prego on the job. By she, on the job, you she, mean? She became with child on the job. On the job. Or yeah. under the job. Or in the job. Or in the job. Maybe the side of the job. I don't know. Uh, uh, whatever. I'll let people just kind of. The hand of the job? It <laughs> I'm not going to say the next one. I'm just going to move forward. Okay. <laughs> Betty's husband. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Betty's husband, Billy, was the only father Mary knew, and he was the opposite what of a- What a weird name. He was the opposite of a well-behaved man. <laughs> he was a career criminal and ended up in jail after committing armed robbery. What a guy. Right? What a good male role model. Good job, buddy. Yeah. So young Betty didn't really have stability, you know? And Betty- would often go to Glasgow for work. So she wasn't home a lot to care for her daughter. According to family members and friends of the family, Betty was horribly abusive to her daughter. Ugh. In fact, she attempted to murder her young daughter more than once. What Be is wrong with people? Betty was seen throwing Mary from a window. The fall to the ground caused Mary to suffer severe brain damage. Now, she was never taken to the hospital. Yep. So looking back, yes, they think that could be the reason for her brain damage. But Very she possible. did have brain damage because I think it was quite a fall. But I question why no one would have called the authorities after seeing this take place. Like you see someone throw their child unless unless she was like, no, 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 she she fell out it. I don't know. Maybe she eased it over again. This is way back when. So yeah, but like, regardless, like you would think somebody would say. I something. mean, if you had people, people came forward and said, yeah, we saw that happen. So she also forced the little girl to take sleeping pills, probably hoping she would go to sleep and never wake up. Nice, huh? She's a saint. It seems like. Yeah, the wow. little girl suffered sexual assault when she was only four or five. Because her mother allowed her clientele to have their way with her daughter. Are you? Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it probably got her more cash, so she didn't care. Unbelievable. Yeah. I hate her already. This is like the worst of the worst for a childhood. It really is. See, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to, I think, Again, maybe, yep. you're going to make me feel bad for this girl, and then something bad she's going to do. So it's funny. So in a lot of these cases where it's an actual case, the reason personally 
I go back and if I can find information about their childhood and tell it as a story, I like doing that better because it gives you more insight into they're, they're the definitely crimes. mitigating factors. You know, let's like be honest, it is. some podcasts just present the just the crime, which is fine too. I enjoy those as well. But I like to go back and start from the beginning and be like, okay, maybe there's a reason. Yes. Why? 100%. You know? I agree. That's a great way to do it. The brain damage wasn't discovered until later. So it's unknown if the fall from the window was caused, like I said, was a direct cause or if it was caused from the many beatings she endured from her mother. Yeah. She beat the crap out of her all the time. Whatever it is, it's horrible yeah. either way. So it is known that the prefrontal cortex of Mary's brain was the part that had been severely damaged. So you know who I I gave a little ring ring to? Miss Wiki. Of course, I knew. Love you were, her. You'd call she and I her. are like so tight now, guys. You don't it's even like know. You don't even know. So she says that the prefrontal cortex, or oh, you didn't know, or in all caps, PFC, covers the front part of the frontal lobe of the cerebral cortex. The basic activity of this brain region is orchestration of thoughts and actions in accordance with internal goals. It is responsible for executive functions such as planning, decision-making, short-term memory, personality expression, moderating social behavior, and controlling certain aspects of speech and language. I think I have a problem with my PFC. (laughs) Like you're describing everything that like I have issues with. This includes determining good and bad, better and best, same and different, future consequences of current activities. So mm. pretty much controls all of your things that could make you a serial killer. Correct. And we've talked about this before yep. in early episodes. Many killers or have, serial yeah, killers have these issues. Have had head injuries in this region of the brain. Yeah. Poor little Mary didn't have a chance, honestly. So we're going to fast forward a little bit to the summertime of 1968. It was noticed by those in the community that Mary was acting very strange, stranger than normal. In or around May 11th, Mary had been seen playing with a three-year-old boy, a boy that was hurt badly, badly, excuse me, later that very day after falling from the top of a shelter. Hmm. So it sounded like it was like a shed or a shelter They call it's different names in different countries. So I just I tried to assume what it might have been. The boy's parents accepted the fall as an accident. Just a little boy climbing where he shouldn't have been. So to me, it sounds like this is kind of a close knit community. Mm -hmm. So it's okay for like the younger kids to be playing with the older kids, and the older kids kind of looked looked after the younger kids. You know. Yep. The very next day, three moms in the community went to police saying they had witnessed Mary trying to choke their little girls. Oh boy. Yeah. The police visited Mary and gave her quite the talking to. You know, How old is Mary here? They tried to scare her straight. She was just shy of her 11th birthday. Just a little kid. Yeah, still yeah, still at an age you should know better, but with a prefrontal cortex issue. They didn't know that, though. But the cops kind of went there. I know there. they didn't know that, right. but like right. now it kind of exactly. makes a little more sense. So the cops went there and were like, dude. Like, scare, like quote unquote, like the like the show, scare, tried to scare her straight. Yeah, but if she has those issues, it's going to exactly. fall upon deaf ears. So now let's move ahead to May 25th, 1968, the day, the very day before Mary's 11th birthday. A four-year-old boy named Martin Brown was found dead in an upstairs bedroom. His little body was on the floor of a condemned, a condemned home on 85, 85th Street, Margaret's Road in Scottswood, London. It was about 3.30 in the afternoon when three children were playing in the area and found him. 
Apparently, children played in this area frequently among the boarded up abandoned homes. So they thought it was fun, probably to play house or whatever. They're empty homes, exactly. I get it. Martin's little body looked untouched, but he had blood and saliva coming from his mouth. John Hall was a local worker that tried to resuscitate Martin, but he was already gone. So he looked perfectly like he had no injuries on his body, had nothing. The only thing he had was just a little bit of blood and saliva coming out of his mouth. Makes you wonder what's up. Right? While John was performing CPR, Mary and her friend Norma Bell, same last name, no relation, which is kind of strange too. She was her next door neighbor and they played together a lot. The two girls showed up in the doorway. They were quickly told to leave. Let's take a moment, Charity, and thank one of our sponsors. And we're back. With no evidence, the police could only assume that Mary, that Martin died accidentally. Maybe he was playing and slipped and fell, etc. Another thought was that Martin could have accidentally been poisoned. Maybe he ate something he shouldn't have. Who knows? The day after Martin's murder on Mary's 11th birthday, she and Norma decided to break into a local school and be destructive. I think it was actually, it sounds like it's like a little nursery school almost. Yep. Um, they ripped up books, smeared paint all over, flipped de- desks, etc. You name it, they did it, then ran off before getting caught. When the staff arrived to work the next day, they called the police right away. There were also four notes left behind in the mess taking responsibility for Martin's death. Okay. These are written word for word, guys. So I know sometimes my pronunciations are horrific, but this really isn't me. (laughs) So one of the note, one note said, I murder so that I may come back. Next one said, we did murder Martin Brown, F-U-C-K-O-F, you bastard. The third said, F-U-C-H, off, we murder. Watch out, Fanny, and I don't like this word, F-A-G-G-O-T. Yep. The fourth note said, you are mice. Why, the letter Y, be curse. We murdered Martin. Go, Brown. You, B-E-T-E, look out there. Our murders about by Fanny and A-U-L-D, then the F-A-G-G-O-T, you screws. <laughs> so I don't know what that meant. Yeah, it doesn't it make just sense. just angry all over the place. Unfortunately, the police thought the break-in and dis- destruction and even the notes were the work of children, just a sick joke unrelated to the actual murder. So they thought it was just kids thinking they'd be funny, even though it's not funny, and do that. So they're kind of just brushing things off at this point, yeah. right? They're not, they're, things aren't coming together. The day of Martin's funeral, May 29th, the two sick girls thought it would be funny to ring the doorbell of Martin's home. Ugh. His mother, June, answered the door, and they asked if they could see Martin. So my thoughts are these older girls played with all the little kids all the time, so it wasn't abnormal for them to ring the door and say, hey, can Martin come out and play? That's my thoughts. When June explained that Martin was no longer alive, Mary replied, oh, I know, he's dead. I want to see him in his coffin. Oh, my God. Oh. Again, though, nobody really, you know, she's in grief. She's just like, I can't believe she just said that, but whatever. I'm just like, wow. Let's fast forward to July 31st, 1968. A three-year-old boy named Brian Howe went missing. 
He was last seen playing in the neighborhood with the family dog and his siblings. Oh, and two older neighborhood girls. You guessed it, Mary and Norma. I can only assume this was a very safe area and Brian's parents probably knew all the neighborhood children, just like I was saying before. Yep. Trusting the older children to look after the little boy. That's how it was when I was a kid. We yeah. all played outside. We had like these big kickball tournaments and the older children watch out for the younger children. If a car was coming down the road, they'd say, okay, let's get off the road with the younger children. And, you know, the houses were just a call away. Time, it was so much oh simpler back then so and more good. fun. Kevin, when the, the streetlights went on, it was great. I miss it. The family became extremely concerned when Ryan didn't come home around lunchtime. They acted quickly and the community came together to search for him, hoping he was just in another area playing. It wouldn't be until 11.10 in the evening that little Brian's dead body was found. Oh. It was found in an area where children played frequently, laying between two pieces of concrete. Grass was thrown on top of the body to try to disguise it. Brian's lips were purplish blue, and he had marks and scratches on his neck. Unlike Martin's body, Brian's body had been violated. Chunks of his hair had been cut off, and there were marks all over his little body. His thighs had been cut into, and his genitals cut into as well. Oh, my God. There was a pair of broken scissors found near the body, and on the belly was the carving of of an M into the skin. The coroner determined the the cause of death was strangulation. He could also determine that the the murderer held the boy's nose and squeezed his neck at the same time. The force that was used to kill Brian was not extreme. So authorities now knew they were looking for a killer that was a child themselves. Now with two dead little buggies, the community was in in an all-out frenzy. There was a yep, there was a child killer on the loose, and they feared for all the children in the community. Police started asking all the children in the community if they had seen anything strange or out of the norm. Two children stuck out like sore thumbs because they were acting very strange about Brian's murder. 13-year-old Norma Bell and 11-year-old Mary Bell. They were they were also they were also two of the last people to see Brian or just that were seen with Brian, I should say. On August 1st, Mary and Norma were inv- interviewed by the police. When the police asked Norma questions about the murder, she smiled and giggled as if it was funny that a 3-year-old little boy had been murdered. So come to find out <sighs> Norma was had mental delays. It, they she was kind of they referred to her kind of as simple at the okay. time. So just throwing that out there. Most of the other children were petrified when being questioned. Mary, on the other hand, was very silent, not wanting to answer any questions. She even made up a story saying that she had seen an eight-year-old boy with Brian the day he was murdered. She embellished saying the eight-year-old was holding scissors and had hit Brian. She told the police the name of the eight-year-old boy so that they could bring him in for questioning. The only problem with Mary's entire story was that the boy wasn't even in town the day of the murder, and she pretty much implicated herself by mentioning the scissors. So she thought that she was being pretty pretty sly. Right. And she brought up the scissors, and that was not released to the public. So they're like, yeah, we she this she's involved. Absolutely. The police never released any information regarding the scissors, as I said. So um, now they were pretty sure they had their killer or killers. On the day of Brian's funeral, a detective saw Mary standing outside the house. 
As soon as the little coffin came out, Mary was seen smiling and laughing. Oh, I hate her. Again, though, like if she's got that brain damage, she doesn't know. She's having trouble decipher between Doesn't right mean and wrong. that I can't not, not like her. I get that. The detective knew he had to get enough info to take at least Mary in before she killed again. Norma's parents must have suspected something and clearly questioned their daughter because they called the police on August 4th and explained that their daughter knew exactly what happened to little Brian. Detective James Dobson, I like that name, went to Norma's home. James Dobson. I'm Detective James Dobson, and I'm here to ask some questions. Went to Norma's home to hear what she had to say. Norma told the detective that Mary took her to Brian's body and showed her how she strangled him to death. Norma said that Mary told her how much she enjoyed strangling him and showed her all the cuts and wounds she inflicted on his body. She talked about the broken scissors that no one else would have known of, and she even talked about the M Mary carved onto Brian's stomach with a razor blade. Is that supposed to be like for her initials? Was she marking the body maybe? I think so. Norma told the detective where the razor blade was hidden. It was right where she said it was. So they knew that Norma was definitely there at least. The detective even had Norma draw a picture of Brian's body and where all the marks and wounds could be found. Let's just say her picture was very accurate. So they knew they had her. The next day on August 5th, Mary was questioned again. This time, she became angry, telling investigators that they were trying to force her to say she did it. So she was mad when they were questioning her. Right? She's like, how dare you? Yeah, how dare you question me? Later the same day, Norma changed her story a bit. And I just added an R to the end of Norma. But that's okay. Norma? Norma. Saying she was there with a wit- and witnessed Mary strangling Brian. Fibers found on Brian's body match fibers from both girls' clothing. So not just from Mary's clothing but from Norma's clothing as well. It was also later discovered those same fibers were found on Martin's body. Hmm, something isn't lining up to me. So both girls, both girls' fibers were found on the first boy's body too, even though Mary, it was thought that Mary committed that on her own. That's a little strange. That is very strange. It's really making me wonder where this is going. Was it just Mary who murdered the boys or was Norma more involved than she was, than she said she was. Mary and Norma were arrested and charged with Brian's murder on August 7th, the very day the little boy's family buried him. Oh. Mary was prompted to write her formal statement on paper. She basically gave a stim- similar statement as Norma did, only saying Norma was the murderer and she was the witness. So she flipped the script here on Norma. She was like, uh, no, you did the murders and I was the witness. So both girls are kind of like pinning it on each other. She did, however, come clean about the two girls. Here's my thing real quick. Oh, mm-hmm. So if one is, and like I said, this is not us saying these terms or any of this stuff because this is how it was referred to back then. If the other one was quote unquote slow, right? would she have the capacity to be able to? Correct. That's what I'm wondering. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Bit. I didn't know if you were going to get to that. So it's like yeah. in my head, like it's what I'm thinking over here. So Mary did, however, come clean about the two girls defacing the school and leaving the confession notes, basically trying to say that Norma was a part of little Martin's death as well. So she was like, I'm not going out alone, girl. You're coming yeah. with me. It's like Dixie Chicks had a song. Right? If I, if I fall, you're going down with me. Oh, I love that one. 
Both girls were evaluated psychologically to see where their heads were at. Norma was found to be not very bright, as we said, and having a delayed intellect. She was very emotional. It was clear she was the follower. The professionals are the ones who made that determination. Mary, on the other hand, was the mastermind. She had extreme mood swings. One minute come, the next minute she could become enraged. There was more than one psychiatrist that evaluated Mary. All said she had a psychopathic personality disorder. We have heard this term in previous cases. Some signs are, are anti, of antisocial behavior. Some signs, sorry, are antisocial behavior, lack of empathy or remorse. The person with this disorder could show symptoms of violence, manipulation. They may be impulsive, even show traits of narcissism. So remember that head injury Mary received as a young child in the frontal lobe of her brain? Yes. That injury could have caused this personality disorder. It could have directly directly been the reason for it. Um, or the head injury along with the physical, mental, and sexual abuse. I mean, it's 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 the perfect storm causing yeah, an innocent. Yeah, she didn't have any, any luck in she life. Was an innocent, she was an innocent little baby. And all those things combined turned, turned her into a child murderer. It's sad. It's so sad. It really is. Let's get into the trial of these two gals. These two gal pals. Let's jump right in. Although I don't think they're pals anymore. Yeah, they're not pals anymore. I don't know why anymore. I'm doing this little dance that I'm doing, but I am. You're, you're, you're chair parkouring. Parkour. Sorry, I just hit something. Okay, let's get into it. The trial began and the prosecution made it clear that they believed Mary was the one that committed the act of murder. They told the court that her reason for committing the murders was, quote unquote, solely for the pleasure and excitement of killing. So they're not really taking into... Um, taking in what the professionals said. They're just saying that she was a hard, like a stone cold killer. What year was this again, though? That's what you need to remember. 68, 69, 68. We didn't, and I hate to say it like this, we didn't look at mental health. That's true. And issues like that That's in true. the same lens that we do You're now. right, you're right. We got to remember that. Yep. The, while the jury agreed with the prosecution, they agreed that Mary was guilty of the killings, but... Because of the diagnosis of symptoms of psychopathy, they believe she couldn't be held fully responsible for her actions. So the jury was took that into consideration. So that was good, right? Yeah. This led to a conviction of manslaughter, not murder. The judge thought there was enough evidence to say that Mary was a threat to society. For this reason, she was sentenced at, quote unquote, I love this. This is why I love England. Her Majesty's pleasure. I love that. Her majesty is the one who gets to decide. So this simply means her imprisonment would be indeterminate and would be decided later. I'm thinking this was done to see if Mary could be rehabilitated and at some point be put back into society. So, okay, they're giving her a chance. They're going to put her in there. If Sounds you, like a very small chance. If but. things don't change, you're going to have to stay incar- incarcerated. Oh, everybody, round of applause. <laughs> she did good. I did. Um, but if they watch her closely and if she does the work and, and goes through the therapies that she needs and they feel comfortable, they'll let her out. Norma Bell was a much luckier little gal. 
listening to all the evidence, the, the jury believed that Norma had been easily coerced by Mary and was there, but didn't realize what was really taking place. Remember? kind of believe so. Yeah, she wasn't very bright. Because of this reasoning, Norma was acquitted of all charges pertaining to the boys' deaths. See, you know, uh, I don't know how I feel about acquitted, that. Acquitted, I don't think so. Maybe, but. like, not do jail time, but put her in a facility that can help her properly. I'm with you here. Properly go through why it was bad and why, you know what I'm saying? Why she looking shouldn't follow back, someone like that. Looking back on this, I, I honestly feel like, and like I said, it's how it was presented, quote unquote, slow. Yes. She probably saw this person who befriended her. Right. Because she knew she could manipulate her. Probably. And I think this girl just went along with a flow because she probably liked having a friend. Probably. That's how I see it, but I don't know. Well, think of of bullies. Yeah. Right? They gain uh, a huge following sometimes. And make so they don't get beat up on. Unsuspecting people become bullies themselves that never normally would. Exactly. Correct. Mary remained in jail for 12 years. She must have put that work in because it was determined that she wasn't a threat to society anymore and was released in 1980. She was let out on license. So this meant she was still under a strict probation being watched intently while integrating back into society. I see. I didn't know what that meant. So thank yep. you. You're different welcome. Country, di- different country, different time. Yeah, I had to look some things up, too. So You should have just taken the credit and been like, yeah, I know I'm smart. Yeah, I don't think the, I don't think the creeps would believe that. <laughs> <laughs> they know me too well at this point. Right. I hate to say it, but maybe jail was just what young Mary needed. A strict environment, right? Yep. And she was finally away from her mother and her living situation. So maybe it was like the best thing that happened to her. I hate to say that, but like. I agree. Yeah. It's just so horrible horribly sad that two innocent little lives had to be lost, you know? Well, let's be honest here. Um, and as much as I hate to say it, let's, it's sad that Mary's life was treated the way it was as a yeah. child because I 100% think it directly had an outcome on her life. It and does how seem, she did. it does seem that way. Like 100%. There's not a part of me that believes otherwise. Yep. Now a young woman was given a new identity in an attempt for her to be able to live a semi-normal life. Even with a new identity, news outlets always seemed to find her. She tried moving more than once, but somehow someone was always able to find her and harass her. In 1984, she had a daughter of her own. She was able to keep her secret safe from her daughter until the daughter was 14 years old. A tabloid was able to find out the identity of Mary's common-law husband. So they must have just been together for a long time. I assume the father of the daughter... With his name, they found the family's home and surrounded it, camping outside. The frightened family had to sneak out of their home with their heads covered so pictures would be taken. So I feel really bad for the husband and the daughter. They certainly didn't ask for this kind of attention, and they didn't deserve it either. I feel bad for all of them. I do. The simple fact of if we are going to say we rehabilitate people in this world, that's what we do. Then give them the chance of rehabilitation. I get it. This right here, like... News people camping out. It's not cool. Get a life. Right. And clearly she's living a a quiet life. Trying to be a productive member of society. You know, I'm sure, you know, I don't know. Mary had no choice but to go into protective custody. To this day, she and her daughter live in at an undisclosed location. What happened to the common law husband? I don't know. Well, that's I I, kind of question that, too, but they didn't really say. Okay. 
They remain anonymous under a court order. I assume those who violate that order can face charges. So if somebody like a news outlet or something tries to find her and contact her or the daughter, I'm sure they can be prosecuted. Because it was by the courts. The courts did it. Many believe that Mary was rehabilitated while serving her 12 years. They believe that she was an undiagnosed troubled child that suffered brain damage. They believe she deserves her second chance at life. June Richardson has spoken to the media. She um, was Martin Brown's mother. Yep. um, One of the many victims in this story. And this is what she had to say. And I, I can't blame her either. It's all about her and how she has to be protected. As victims, we are not given the same rights as killers. Mm, makes a good point. No, it's just, I don't I know. know. It's her little boy that was killed. I don't know. It just It's so hard. It really is. All these cases. <sighs> are. Here we are once again with this discussion. Was Mary a troubled, troubled child that got the help she needed and now able to live a normal life? Was she remorseful? Should she be able to live a drama-free normal life anonymously? Or should she have to suffer the consequences of her actions all these years? We should ask Monica Miss because this is <laughs> the exact I, subject see? she was complaining about. See, exactly, exactly. I will say what I said in the case that she completely lied to us about. Um, I take this as on a case-by-case basis. Yes. Part of me worries, yes, she was quote-unquote rehabilitated, but she has a prefrontal cortex issue. Right. Can you rehabilitate that? Um, I th- I would like to look more into that. I don't know about back then, but I'm hoping that now maybe um, with therapies or medications, you can train your brain and say, okay, wait, is this thought, am I, you know what I'm saying? I honestly think we know more about space, and I've said this before, Uh than we do the human brain. I do. I agree. The the brain is this weird thing. It really is. And I just said this, I I wrote the same thing you just said. What about the victims' families and those two little boys that lost their lives? This is where we say case by case. Absolutely. Yeah. Every case is different. If one of those little boys was mine, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I would want her to be able to enjoy a normal life. I know that's horrible. I don't think she has a normal life. I don't think she does either, but I'm just not sure I'd be able to separate myself from the situation and get past the killing of my baby to look past and see what kind of life I don't, she came I don't know from, if I could either. Right? Because if it's that close to you, that's got to be a hard thing to do. And there are people who can do it. There are. We've had I've cases here. I've seen some of those cases that we've talked about where the person's like- Forgiveness. Full I, on forgiveness. I, forgo- I forgave them. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, dude. And they become almost friends sometimes. Some of those are freaky. Yeah. Oh. The, um, the British government now refer to convict protection orders as, quote unquote, Mary Bell orders. Okay. Yeah. Um. I investigated what happened to Norma Bell after her acquittal. Many people thought that she should have received time as well. But as we know, the jury thought she lacked enough intelligence to have actually committed the crime. It's been said that Norma clapped her hands with excitement when her verdict was read. So that kind of just shows her, you know. Yeah. Like not, not to know that you're not supposed to get excited like that in court. Anyhow, I couldn't find much more at all, only that she passed away in 1989. So I don't know what she died from. So if she was 13 in 1980, it was 86, I believe, right, when this took place? I think so, yeah. Wait, 84. Oh, no, sorry, 68. Oh, yeah, we're way off. Way off. Because I'm looking at 1984 is when Mary had her daughter. So she died. She died fairly young then, I would say. Yeah. So I, it didn't, I couldn't find out why, but just an interesting case to talk about 
you know, rehabilitation and, and, you know, right. Case by case. It really is. Well, I appreciate you bringing this case to us and the creeps. Oh my God, Mark. Thank you so much. And we gave you a round of applause already. I'm not going to give you another one. Okay. Well, I'm looking at my Dundee award, best creep charity case watch right now. And that's all I need. Okay. Just saying. But I'm also looking at your full leaf clover that you have in your frame that's right in front of you, too. So. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, you have two letters out in my <gasps> yes! kitchen that have been hanging out on my table I'm for so like a excited. month and I keep forgetting to give to you. Oh, God. All right. So, creeps, whoever sent those to me, I will read those and I will I will message you and whatnot because I have not received them yet. Do you know what else we need real quick? I need a big favor from all our creeps. Text and voicemail line 603-212-4600. 603-212-4600. Forty-six-hundred. We are in dire need of some more case watch humor for the beginning of the episode. Yes, we need more voicemails, guys. Just say hi. Just say hey, hey guys, hey. I would just like that. Also, still looking out for the the case watch group people that we we're going to have come on the show soon. What sort of name that you came up with? Um, creep speak. I am looking. Forward I want to hear my creep creeps speak. speak. So send us stuff. Call us, you know, if you feel like it, leave us five stars wherever you listen. Leave something like really cool. I don't know. Awesome. All right. That does it for us. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.